are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a new week of Locked On Mariners. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of today's show, let's talk Locked On MLB. Join walking baseball encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan, and please call him Sully every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors both present and past, featuring exciting guest interviews and routine check-ins from the Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts. Subscribe to Locked On MLB today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It is Monday, August 30th, 2021. This is the Locked On Mariners podcast, your home for daily Seattle Mariners news and analysis. I am your host, Ty Dan Gonzalez, reporter and editor at Seahawk Maven on SI.com. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Colby Patno. Together, we co-founded a Mariners blog called TruthofTheTrident.com, and we also host an hour-long Mariners podcast called Control the Zone twice a week on Patreon.com forward slash Control the Zone. So check us out there if you want to hear us talk more about the Mariners and some non-baseball stuff. It's a good time. On today's episode of Lockdown Mariners, we'll talk about this past weekend's action at T-Mobile Park. The Mariners dropping three of four to the Royals. And are their playoff hopes now crushed because of it? We'll discuss that in a few. We're also going to revisit the Kyle Seager club option debate and let you know what to expect from the Mariners' upcoming three-game set against the Astros. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this. We greatly appreciate it. Colby. I don't think anyone can be excited for anything more than the Mariners are now that they don't have to face Salvador Perez. Of course, they'll see him one more time when they go to Kansas City in September, but that's a bridge we'll we'll cross when we come to it. Perez played out of his mind in the series, a home run in each of the four games in the series, including two grand slams, and he nearly hit a game-tying dinger late in the Mariners' lone win of the series on Sunday. They just had no answers for him, but of course... You know, they didn't just lose the series because of Perez. The offense drove in a decent 17 runs in the series, but they left a ton more out on the field. A combined 69 nice runners left on base over the four games. They had 30 left on base in their 8-7 to loss on Friday night alone. The Royals pitching staff were gifting them opportunities, and they quite literally and figuratively swung and missed. It was a downright putrid effort from the from this offense. They moved Mitch Hanniger down in the lineup for one game, then brought him right back up the next day. I don't know how many other ways we have to say it, man. If, if you're going to salvage this lineup in any way, it needs to start with Ty France and Abraham Toro in the one and two spots. Yeah, it's, it's not even up for debate at this point. I mean, Mitch Hanniger had a pretty decent series overall, I believe. Um, and it's still, it's you, you watch the at-bats where he didn't, and he's coming up in these big situations, and he's not delivering whatsoever. Now, Ty France didn't have a particularly great series uh, this time around. Mm-hmm. Um, and He, too, had his own struggles with guys on base, but just the overall consistency of Ty France and his ability to put the ball in play, at least in those situations, is more valuable than Hanager, who doesn't have plate discipline. He's swinging at mostly everything. Um, particularly with runners on base, and it's just it doesn't work. So it, it, it's it continues to baffle me that this team continues to find ways to, even when they score runs, a pretty good amount of runs against the Royals team, they still come up short. Like, and look, I mean, the pitching obviously wasn't great, right? But yeah, it it was good enough, particularly the bullpen. It was good enough to give you, you know, you. you Realistically, you could have won this. Ser- you could have swept this series. That's what. It, how much? Well, I different- mean, you you heard the num. 
you heard the numbers that I rattled off, right? They had yeah. 69 opportunities to score in this game. Yeah. That's unheard I, of. 30 in one game. How, yeah. how in, insane is that? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, you say Kikuchi blew up and gave up six runs. And, and, and well, in part with, with Joe Smith and, and all that in the sixth inning of that. Um, that's of the that's Friday or Thursday game. Yeah. But, uh, you know, on, on Thursday, that happened, right? Whatever. Yep. You know, Logan Gilbert didn't have a great start again. Whatever. Shocking. But still, the, 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 the point is <laughs> this offense had opportunities to score 10 plus runs in each of these games, really. And they couldn't make it happen. And obviously you can't expect that to happen every single game, but I mean, come on, <laughs> this was on the offense. They had so many opportunities to come out ahead in these games and they just didn't, they just couldn't get it together. And, and again, I think it's, because of how this lineup is is put together it's just it's not conducive to uh the highest upside that it could possibly have ty france and abraham torio give you that we've said this every episode for the last three weeks since we started doing locked on mariners you just have to give yourself the best opportunity to win and the and scott service right now is not doing that with the lineups that he's put before no he's not and again you know, in Scott's defense, doesn't have many options, right? The bottom yes. third of the lineup is, is putrid. And, you know, Kelnick had a home run uh, yesterday. Kelnick had a pretty nice series, you know. Um, sure. But it's just so inconsistent. Cal Raleigh gives you almost nothing. Uh, you know, you Jake Fraley, who's now on the IL, just every time, oh, look, maybe he's starting to come out of it. Nope. Right back down. And so now you're not getting anything out of that left field spot, really. Um, except for some very nice plays by Jake Bowers, of course. Um, yep. So, yep. yeah, it, it's the bottom third of your lineup is, is it's bad. Like, there's really no way around it. It's bad, and it's not like the top six are so good that you know that makes up for it. It's it, they're they're not. It, it's it's a lineup that's not very deep. It's a lineup that has a, t- a ton of holes, and if you're in that situation, you have to maximize your opportunities to score and. How do you do that? Mm-hmm. By putting the best player you have at the plate as often as you possibly can. And those right now, your best two bats by a mile are Abraham Toro and Ty France. And look, Ty France should be hitting leadoff, but if Toro's hitting leadoff and France is hitting two, fine. But those two mm-hmm. need to be one two in some order. Yeah. And after that. Yeah. yeah, you could put you could keep Hanniger at three. You could put put Seager at three and Hanniger at four or whatever it is. As long as those two guys are up, you're going to have an opportunity. And oh, by the way, the bottom of the lineup, you know, had a couple decent games this this weekend. You know, they 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 got on yeah. base. They did their job, and JP Crawford did, sure. and Mitch Hanniger didn't, and Kyle Seager, pretty nice series. But it just it wasn't enough, you know. So it's just you have to maximize the opportunities. Well, and this team has been so good at maximizing on opportunities for the most part. We've talked about the incredible numbers that they put up, you know, with runners in scoring position in the eighth and ninth and extra innings of games. It's just they haven't been able to do to capitalize for the rest of the game. And you saw it where, uh, you know, in this series where you just you can't rely on on coming through every time in the eighth and the ninth and the extra innings and all that. You just can't rely on that. That's not uh, you're going to regress to the mean. If you're solely relying upon that and it's going to be hard, you're going to nosedive back to the mean with that. And it's just 
you saw that all come together. They they just they had multiple opportunities where you know Brad Keller on on Thursday only threw eleven strikes out of thirty six pitches in the first inning, and they only got one run. Mm-hmm. You know they had multiple times where they walked the bases loaded, and they would walk in a run, and then they'd get swing happy. It's just it, it's not capitalizing on what other teams are giving you. The Royals were gifting them opportunities and they just did not capitalize on any of really any of them and and it's it's wild to say that about a team that scored you know seven runs in one of these games and and 17 over the course of four you know that's you know most of the time that's probably going to get you at least a couple wins in a series but Mm -hmm. you know when your pitching is 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 going the way that it is right now where you can't really rely on Yusei Kikuchi. You can't really rely on, on Logan Gilbert. You're going to need the offense to come through in these moments. And they're just not, they cannot do this anymore where they rely on getting to the eighth, getting to the ninth and close games, the bullpen holding it together, which they have, which they continue to do. They've been nails, but you can't get to that point and just think that all of a sudden you're going to, you know, score three or four runs. Right. And, and come out of with, with a win. That's just not going to happen. They need to get better at, 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 um, capitalizing early on and taking whatever the opposing pitching staff is giving them because they just they did not do that. They did not do that. Right. And it appears that the Mariners are going to attempt to try and, and add some value uh, to the bottom of their order because just moments ago they have made a roster move. Uh, Jose Marmaleos is back with the big league club. Jimmy Yacobonis has been designated for assignment. Uh, to make room on the 40-man spot. So Marmaleos is up. Um, and if that's, you know, he's probably going to get quite a few at-bats, I mean, especially until Kyle yeah. Lewis comes back. So we'll see how they want to deploy him and, and Bowers. Bowers has been uh, better lately, although in very limited opportunities. So we'll see how they deploy that. Um, it could just be a straight platoon between him and Terence at the DH spot. Uh, but, We'll see how that goes, but yeah, I mean, when you're relying on when Jose Marmaleos feels like you know the potential of a major upgrade to the bottom of your lineup, you you know how bad your offense is, and uh, right, yeah, it's just it's just a bummer that it seemed like every time the Royals were in a situation where they needed a big hit, Salvador Perez was strolling to the plate, and that's because you yeah. know they they place him in the right spot and they place their two, Whit Merrifield and 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 Nicky Lopez ahead of him. They maximized their lineup. They absolutely did, and and the Mariners didn't. So um, it's it's a bummer, but uh, we'll have to see how things go from here. And it's it's it, they're not out of it quite yet. Thankfully, Oakland lost a couple games. Boston lost a game yesterday. So um, damage done certainly, but not not the kill shot quite yet. Since being sent down to Triple uh, A, Marmaleos has played 72 games for the Rainiers, 23 home runs. He slashed 360, 452, 700. Which is just wild, seven hundred. Geez, uh, but you know who knows if that's actually going to be able to translate to the major league level. When we've seen Marmaleos and his few opportunities at the major league level, it's just not really been all that inspiring. But we'll see. So before we we hop on over to our next topic, you know, despite this horrible start, uh, you know, series, they didn't lose a ton of ground in the playoff race. They're now four and a half back of the Red Sox and two back of the A's. Mathematically speaking, of course, you know, their chances have gone down. Every game ultimately matters at this point, but 
you know, me personally, I, I'm not ready to wave the white flag just yet. There's still a month of games to be played. And, and you know, it's baseball. It's a, it's a weird sport. Weird things happen. How do you feel about it right now, Colby? It's like, look, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you that, you know, this this weekend didn't hurt the, the Mariners chances or anything like that. Um, it did. It, it, it was a bad weekend. And, and now that that that's kind of it. You know, that's you're done. All right, you're absolutely done. Um, you don't get any more mess ups. Basically, is what it is. You can't get swept by Houston in either of the remaining series you have left. You probably have to sweep one of your series against Oakland now, um, or maybe you might have to sweep Boston uh, in that three game series you have coming up. So the margin of error is just basically it's it's gone. That's that's what this weekend cost you. You have no more margin of error. And, uh, you know, Seattle, unfortunately, they're not a team that had, you know, much of a margin of error to begin with. So it's, it's, it's a bad weekend. There's no doubt about it. But it's, again, you're, you're still there. You're still ahead of Toronto. You're still just one game further behind Oakland than you were, you know, a week ago. So mm-hmm. it, it's only a game and a half behind Boston, behind where you were from Boston uh, at right. the start of the series as well. Right. I, I feel like what you're going to have to, you're going to have to make up that series somewhere. And really that means you're either going to have to sweep Boston or you're going to have to take one of these series from Houston. And eh, <laughs> I mean, we'll see. It's, it's not likely, but it's also not impossible. So we'll see what this team can do. We'll see if they mm-hmm. can rally. And uh, I'm, I'm sure Jose Marmaleos is, is just the guy they need. We'll uh, we'll have to see about that. So the debate about picking up Kyle Seeger's club option is ramping up on Twitter again. Colby has some thoughts about that coming up, but let me tell you about DirecTV real quick. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. On tomorrow's show, we're going to talk about tonight's action against the Astros, but we're also going to look towards the offseason a little bit and have a fun debate we had on Control the Zone last week. Who would you rather have the Mariners sign this offseason, Mark Canna or Michael Conforto? Should be a fun one, so be sure to join us on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Mariners. But now let's cover another offseason item. Kyle Seager yesterday hit what proved to be the game winning home run against the Royals, a two run shot to give the Mariners a four to two lead. And that one, it was his career high 31st home run on the season. And now he enters what is expected to be his last month in a Mariners uniform. But some Mariners fans saying, you know, pump the brakes. You know, Mariners fans love Kyle Seager. We love Kyle Seager. But, you know, some fans on Twitter believe the Mariners should absolutely pick up his $15 million club option under any circumstance. And for multiple reasons, I don't think that's a realistic or be a smart move for this team moving forward. But Colby, I'll let you have the floor here and explain exactly why that is. Yeah. So 
obviously after Seager hit his home run yesterday and, and, you know, it's a new career high for him. Congratulations. Uh, you know, people are quick to point out that he's got a really good shot to get to a hundred RBIs this year for the first time of his career. And there seems to be this new, a new idea that, Hey, you know what? Kyle Seager is not as bad as people think. And we should totally pick up his option which, by the way, is uh-huh. not going to be for $15 million. It's not. There are incentives in that option based on plate appearances and play time that can push that option up to $20 million. Kyle Seeger has missed, what, three games this year? He's going to hit those incentives. So what looks like a $15 million option is probably closer to 18 to 20 although we don't know the exact details of those incentives. So... It's not a $15 million option. And in all reality, it's not an option for the Seattle Mariners because keeping Kyle, keeping Kyle Seeger on this roster this winter eliminates the opportunity to upgrade your lineup in the infield, around the infield in particular. Because if you're picking up Kyle Seeger's, let's call it $18 million option, or let's even just call it $15 million, even though it's closer to eighteen. You're going to give him every day at bats at third base. We know Ty France is coming back. We know JP Crawford's coming back. And by default, that leaves Abraham Toro as your starting second baseman. Now, Toro as your starting second baseman is fine, but you just eliminated one of the easiest ways to improve your offense, which we just spent the entire first segment saying is not good enough because you're not giving yourself an opportunity to either go get a better version of Kyle Seager or to go get a legitimate second baseman and move Toro over to third base, which is his natural position. If you don't pick up Seager's option, you can move Toro to third base, who is an upgrade over Seager, and you're now free to go pursue Marcus Simeon, Chris Taylor, Brandon Lau, um, Jorge Polanco, you know, all these other options in both free agency and the trade market that do give you an upgrade at second base. So now you have the ability to upgrade at third base and second base offensively instead of pigeonholing yourself and basically saying, well, the only places we can get better now are DH and in the outfield. And look, the Mariners should go get better in the outfield, but you're not going to completely give up on Jared Kelnick. You're not going to give up on Kyle Lewis. You're not going to sign, you know, a long-term guy to block Julio Rodriguez. You're not going to do that. You have more potential answers in the outfield than you do in the infield. So basically what people are saying when they say the Mariners should pick up Kyle Seager's option is they're saying, I don't want the Mariners to get better offensively. I don't care if they do. And the reason they're saying that is for the sentimentality of keeping around, you know, a, a franchise icon. I get it. I like Kyle Seager a lot. He's going in the Mariners Hall of Fame. He's one of the, he might be the most underrated player in franchise history. He is not a good offensive player anymore. He's average at best. He's an average glove as well. And quite frankly, I don't know how anybody looks at what he said this summer and says, "Oh yeah, that guy totally wants to be here in Seattle." Based on what? What has he said that says, "Oh yeah, no, Kyle Seager totally wants to come back to the Mariners." Nothing. He doesn't want to be here, and you guys want to give him $18 million to be mad about being a Seattle Mariner? 
and completely eliminate any opportunity to upgrade the middle of your lineup? No. Why? 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 What is the point of that? And if you're saying, if you're trying to make it as, you know, anything other than, well, he's Kyle Seeger, you know, I, I want him to be a Mariner for life, then you're doing this wrong. Your philosophy is wrong. Do you want to win? Or do you want to win with your very particular, you know, this one certain guy? Do you want to win? Or do you just want Felix Hernandez to win? Which one do you want? You don't get to have both. Do you want the team to be better? Or do you want the team that you have now to be good enough to win? Because we know it's not. This team right now is not good enough. Period. It's not. It's not good enough to win the World Series. And that's the goal. Now, it's not the goal this year. It wasn't the goal last year. It might not even be the goal next year. But the ultimate goal Mm -hmm. is to win the World Series. This team is not good enough. So wasting $18 million on Kyle Seager just because you want Kyle Seager to be around for another year is stupid. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm sorry, but it's, it's frankly, it's dumb. And this idea that, Oh, well, you know, Seager deserves to finish out his career. Seager doesn't want that. There is nothing. We have zero evidence to suggest that Kyle Seager wants to be a Seattle Mariner next year. And who could Mm -hmm. blame him at this point? Right. Yeah. I just, to me, this yeah, absolutely idea. after after the Mather thing, uh, you know, with mm-hmm. the Kendall Graveman trade, he he clearly has made it. You know, he's made it clear that he is not very fond of Jerry Depoto. Who knows how he feels about Scott Service's you know management style and all that? Who knows? You know, it does it does seem like he he um, you know it, at least has a uh, good relationship with the players and is one of more of the leaders in that clubhouse is able to you know have fun with them and all that it doesn't seem like that affects uh his you know impact on the on the clubhouse or anything like that but uh clearly he, you know he's not about everything that's going on in seattle right now and i just i don't really see why he would want to come back right he's he's also a declining player like oh nuclear high and home runs so what a player is worth more than what he hits for home runs. And I wrote about this on, on true to the trident.com, which is the website we run covering the Seattle Mariners. Uh, you guys can go check it out there. Uh, so I'm not going to get too far into it here, but the numbers behind what Kyle Seeger is doing this year are so troubling that anybody with even a shred of know-how or, you know, baseball IQ would look at these numbers and say, this is a problem. Kyle Seeger is swinging and missing at 46% of all off-speed pitches. Half. <laughs> He's missing half of the off-speed pitches that are thrown to him. That's insane. That's bad. By the way, yeah. he's also chasing more pitches outside of the zone than he ever has before, and it's by a significant margin. It's not 1% or 2%. We're talking 9% from his 2020 uh, numbers, which were good. Kyle Sear was good in 2020. He's not mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. And what makes matters worse, when he's swinging at those pitches outside of the zone, he's only making contact on 47.9% of those pitches when his career average on those is 61.4. He's swinging and missing way too much the bat speed's gone it, it's it was always just barely above average bat speed now it's probably average maybe even slightly below he's cheating on fastballs because he knows he can't handle them he can't catch up to 95 anymore 
So he's cheating on them, which mm-hmm. is making them, which is making him more susceptible to breaking balls. That's why you see more bad swings mm-hmm. from Kyle Seeger this year. He's declining. Mm-hmm. He's a legend. He deserves to be sent out, you know, with with all the the you know the grandeur and all the the appreciation that Felix Hernandez was a few years ago. But just like Felix mm-hmm. a few years ago, it is time for the Kyle Seeger era to end as respectfully as you possibly can make it. But it's time. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is. And plus, you want to aim higher this offseason. Exactly. You got Toro. Toro's probably your third baseman. You want to go after a guy like a like a Marcus Simeon or Chris Taylor or someone like that this offseason to fill in at second base. Or, you know, maybe you, you keep Toro at second and you look at a Chris Bryan or maybe you make a trade for a Jose Ramirez or something. Either way, you, you know, no matter what happens, you need to be aiming higher than Kyle at this point. And, and while... Uh, he's still a very capable major league player. It's just, you know, for all the things that you mentioned with, with the, the decline in his bat and the decline in his defense, he's still a good defender, but there, he's no longer a gold glover. You, um, you, you need to do better. If, if you're trying to, especially for, you know, Kyle Seager right now is your cleanup hitter, hitter slash number three hitter right now. You need to have a better player at that position. You, you just can't, you can't be having that guy who's running a sub 300 on base percentage hitting in the three hole or the four hole. Just can't do that at this point, especially if you're legitimate about contending next year. So we'll see what they do, but I I think this is, it's pretty much coming to an end here. And, um, you know, I don't think there's really much debate about it. I think that's where the organization is. I think that's where Kyle Seeker is. And uh, I think both uh, sides are, are planning to, mutually split at the end of this uh this winter and um you know my my suggestion to fans is to enjoy enjoy the last month here and uh appreciate kyle and and give kyle the you know all the support uh because he absolutely deserves it he's given everything to this franchise he's been one of the greater stories to to build up through this franchise he's one of the few successes that jack zarenzik had in his tenure with the mariners as a general manager and um you know, Seager's been everything to this to this uh, club for for you know ten years now, and uh, it's been a pretty amazing ride. But you know, amazing rides have to come to an end. All good things must come to an end. So we'll see what they do. But uh, coming up, you know, can the Mariners do that thing again where they blow our expectations out of the water? Unlikely, but we're gonna preview their upcoming series with the Astros in a moment. Real quick though, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Don't you hate it when you're out and about and hunger strikes, but the only convenient options are unhealthy and going to make you feel worse in the end? That doesn't have to be the case anymore if you choose Built Bar. Built Bar is providing folks with a healthy, nutritious, and delicious alternative for snacking. Built Bar has a plethora of delicious flavors, ranging from coconut to cookies and cream, mint brownie, and so much more. Overwhelmed by the amount of good options, then try one of their mixed boxes, which gives you two bars per nine flavors. Each bar includes 17 to 18 grams of protein, with calories ranging from the low, low numbers of 130 to 180. They only have 4 to 5 grams of sugar and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and all the flavors are amazing, tasty, and most importantly, healthy. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order at Built.com. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest, open now at Bet Online. 
Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus and be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Mariners Astros get underway for a three-game set tonight, the second to last time these team these two teams will meet. Mariners dropped a pair to the Strohs down in Houston last weekend by a combined score of 27 to 4. But they did pull out a 6-3 extra innings win to salvage a game in that series. The pitching matchups in this one, Chris Flexen versus Luis Garcia, Yusei Kikuchi versus Lance McCullers, Logan Gilbert versus Jake Odorizzi. Gilbert and Kikuchi were the starters in those two blowout losses. They also struggled in their very next starts against the Royals. So my expectations for this series are low, to say the least. But the Mariners, to be fair, have surprised me on multiple occasions this year. I mean, every time it looks like they're dead in the water, they're able to pop right back up. So Colby, is there any hope for a turnaround from Kikuchi or Gilbert against one of the best offenses in baseball? There is, but it's, it's exactly that it's hope, right? There, there's no evidence whatsoever uh, to suggest that either of those two pitchers can get through this lineup multiple times. So, um, there's hope because it's baseball and you never know the day that Logan Gilbert is all of a sudden going to find and be able to control the slider. Um, you never know the day when you say Kikuchi is going to go out there and he's going to be pumping 97 instead of 94. Uh, maybe those days are, are this week, you know, in the next two days, but um, they're probably not based on the evidence that we have in front of us. It's safe to say that the Mariners are going to have to score a lot of runs to win these games. And, their best chance to win is probably tonight, which not ideal because Luis Garcia is really good. So it uh, it's it's not the way you want it. You would have liked to have been able to line up, you know, Flexen, Anderson, and Marco for these, but you got to find a way to win one. You have to win one. So I think your best shot is tonight, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. You know, it, it's baseball. You never know. Um, it's not very reassuring, but that's where we're at right now with uh, with where, you know, Seattle is coming off of that series against Kansas City. Yeah, like I said earlier on in the show, it's baseball. Things happen. You know, weird stuff happens in the sport. It's a crazy wild sport. And again, there's there's a month left to go, a little over a month left to go. And uh, who knows what could happen along the way. But you're going to need to win games like this to keep things interesting in the wild card race, you're going to have to win a series against Houston. You know, you got two left and it doesn't seem very likely, but you know, this is, this is where you're at now. <laughs> you're what? 31 games away from the end of the season. I believe mm-hmm. you, I, every, every game matters. Every game matters at this point. You have to win some of these games. You have to win, you know, uh, you got six games left against the Astros. You need to find a way to win three of those. And, that doesn't seem very likely right now, but again, that's where we're at. That's just kind of the point in time now where the Mariners have to do that thing again, where they blow our expectations out of the water. They have to, 
you know, figure out just some sort of way to maybe be able to keep this game close, get it to the bullpen and try to, you know, try to have one of those moments where they, you know, eke out a little three to two victory or whatever it is. That's how they're going to have to you know win these games because, you know, the Astros pitching staff is strong. It's the, the rotation is, is really good. And the Mariners have had no answers for it offensively. And, um, you know, the, they have one of the best offenses in baseball. Like I said, you know, it's, it's just, this is a, a gauntlet of a team to overcome. I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't think they're going to be able to do it quite personally, but, um, you know, you never know. They might surprise you once again. Like I said, they, every time they, they seem like they're dead in the water, they just, <laughs> they, 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 pop right back up and then they rattle off a few games in a row where they get a big win and you know something to re-energize the fan base and um and it's all systems go from that point so you know here's to hoping that they have you know a couple more of those in them uh the rest of the way and hopefully that starts tonight but um we'll see I, like i said my expectations are pretty low um so that's going to do it for today's show uh, thank you for joining us for uh, for today's episode of Lockdown Mariners. For Colby Patnode, I'm Ty Day Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Betting on Major League Baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts.